leave. <laughs> Recording in progress. All right. Yes. <clears throat> Everybody ready to do this thing? Sure thing. Yo. Okay. Sniff my itchy coke, <gasps> coke nose, apparently. <laughs> they have what? a builder bear right now. Yeah, that's cool. Ugh, I kind of <laughs> want it. This is going to be the whole podcast, you just like browsing on your phone. Like, oh my God, look at this thing. <laughs> what sort of build a bear is it? It's the guy from um, Nightmare. Uh, Nightmare. One of the toys. Doll. From yeah. Alive, yeah. That is actually pretty cool. <laughs> I know. I'm going to send this to Shannon right now. <laughs> <laughs> she <didn't mind. laughs> She'll have it before we're off the call. Yes. <laughs> She'd be like, I'm going down to Bulgabear. <laughs> Shannon-shaped hole in the wall. <laughs> it's for the kids, really. <laughs> yeah, it's totally for the kids, yeah. I don't even know where a Bulgabear is anymore. There's not one in downtown Disney. That's gone. Well, oh, there, really? there was one at the Orange Outlets, if it's still there. Hmm. I don't think so. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, uh, I don't necessarily keep track of all the Bulgabears near my yeah, I thought there was one in like the Westminster Mall or something like that, maybe. But who no. knows? Yeah. yeah. Oh. All right. Well, shall we? We shall. Shall we indeed? Shall we? We shall. Shall we not? Shall. Shall. Will. Shall. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the Off Topic Podcast. <laughs> How much have you had to drink tonight, Tony? Oh, no, I've, had, I've had two sips of my sarsaparilla here. <laughs> this is actually ridiculously freaking delicious right now. Uh, um, hey, guys, it's Getting Off Topic Podcast. It's Sunday night. This is Tony. This is Todd. This is Andrew. And Meg. Got a full house tonight. Yeah. Yay. Um, yeah, so it's been another two weeks. There's, uh, there's a whole lot of stuff to cover. Um, there's... Uh. Oh, Meg! How dare you one. put cake in front of us, Meg? <laughs> That's good cake too. I had one what last night. That was tasty cake. Yeah, tasty cake. Cake, mm-hmm. cake, cake. Oh, yeah, cake, cake. Yeah, yeah. We're over for well, it was game night slash friends giving. Mm-hmm. Though not so much of giving as just hanging out and chatting, friends chatting, if you will. Yeah, Eat, eating the absurd amounts of food and. Um, Playing absurd amounts of card against cards against humanity. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, what's everyone up to? What, what's uh, Todd? What, what's going on? What's going on in your world? It has been a short two weeks of absolutely nothing because I've been on vacation. That is and right. This podcast officially marks the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Was it? The last time uh, we podcasted, was that the last time you communicated with humans? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> Other than uh, some rage typing and some competitive video games, yes. Oh, wow. And us actually hanging out in real life. Oh, we did. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. We, we did actually have a dinner. Yeah. The first time I left my apartment for something other than uh, a drive through window. <laughs> but it was still food related. True. No. True. I mean, it's good stuff. Um, and I've yeah. been trying to find that beer ever since. Nobody around here carries it. Oh, the beer we had there? Yeah, the Mother Earth uh, Brewery Creamsicle. Right. 
Yeah, Mother Earth. Ooh. There was one that was creamsicle, and the other one was just like cream something. But it is that Mother Earth brand. It sounded all hippy dippy, but it was ridiculously good. Yeah, it was insanely delicious. <laughs> yeah. So Shannon's response to that build a bear. Oh my God. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, she wrote, Oh my God, I want it so badly. She wants it so of... badly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Um, uh, Meg and I uh, completed our uh, a journey for fun stuff. We managed to get ourselves a Nintendo Switch. A, uh, OLED new Nintendo Switch, which I didn't think was going to happen for like uh, maybe a solid month at least or something. Because all the scalpers like have bots set up to just immediately buy out anything available online. Um, it's, it's not just that they're they're saying there's an estimated one million units sitting in cargo ships off the coast of uh, LA right now. Part of the whole supply chain uh, interrupts. Yep, yeah, broken down on this coast there. Yeah, but yeah. Just, um, oh, what's up? Never mind. I, I don't want to get into that topic because that's a whole <laughs> like that's a whole other depressing yeah. real world stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Continue. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I got lucky. Just one morning, I uh, I had kind of like half given up, but I was keeping an eye on like stock alerts online. And again, it was like pointless. Like every time I would get an alert pop up, by the time I clicked and went over to target.com or gamestop.com, whatever, it was out of stock again. So, um, but then Todd insisted, as well as like a bunch of online advice articles, people were saying like, we're just getting lucky, like reports of people getting lucky, just checking their local stores. So I did, I called up um, the local GameStop like uh, like two Saturdays ago or something just um, when they opened up. I'm like, hey, do you guys happen to have any new ones? And the guy was real nice. He was like, we do not right now, <laughs> but we may in a while. And I'm like, okay, so should I call back in a couple hours or like, should I go to the store? And he basically just said, be here at 1130. And I was like, okay and i was working so i was like meg you're going to gamestop at 11 30 <laughs> uh yeah yeah we loaded up on that we got uh of course i had to get metroid dread um meg got uh pokemon shield, shield. And, luigi's mansion. and luigi's mansion three yeah and uh held off on animal crossing but like within minutes of both Meg and I announcing to other mutual friends with Nintendo Switch, it's like, hey, we finally got a Switch, got Animal Crossing. Like, oh my God, what's your friend called? We have to buy now. So uh, so we ended up grabbing Animal Crossing too, just a few days ago. <laughs> um, yeah. <clears throat> that um, I saw that, uh, of course, a whole part of it is subscribing to the, the Switch Online service, which, you know... Um, they announced the uh, expanded, um, expanded version of that with the 64 games and Sega Genesis games, which I mean, I don't really need to play the old Genesis games. And we have a 64 that we don't even play. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess that was uh, for the family plan it ends up being like 80 bucks a year. Yeah, uh, it's, it's an insane increase in price. Yeah, 54 individual and whereas we're paying 35 for the family membership, like the regular one, which I mean, it's, it comes out to what, like, it's like two something a month, like almost $3 a month. Like it's not terrible. It's not horrible. Yeah. Yeah. 
but that's all I need. Like if I ever get the urge for the retro games, it's, I would have, I would want to have access to the super Nintendo stuff, the 64 stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But you're also forgetting that it's on top of the, the base, the base cost. So you have to pay for both. It's not one price for that. It's you pay the base cost and then that's the extra increase cost. Oh, really? I thought it yes. was the 50 includes the prior, but you have to do both. Yes. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure when I was checking out and getting my standard subscription, it uh, it was like an additional 35 or so on top of the 35. So it, in total, it comes out to 80 for the year. Um, which again, that comes out to like $6 and change a month. So people are freaking out about it, but it's not that terrible. I, I don't think, but and anyway, again, I don't need it, but, but yeah, so we are a switch household now. <laughs> um, and I will eventually get around to Metroid after Meg catches all the Pokemon. <laughs> I was just on my, uh, animal crossing Island today, trying to pick some weeds and make it look nice. So when you guys actually do get animal Aww. crossing, I visit. You're setting up the house. It's in a good form. You don't see it in the slovenly state of neglect that it's been. So are you telling me that you're enjoying doing chores, getting ready for people to come visit you? (laughs) Digital chores. I enjoy digital chores, not analog chores. The same chores that you like ragged on my ass about Stardew Valley. Mm. Well, see, that's (laughs) the weird thing. Stardew Valley, like I played Stardew Valley for, I don't know, like a week or so, but for some reason... I don't know the connection with that. Yeah, I think I think with uh, Animal Crossing, everything is much more upfront. It's like, hey, do this, pick these weeds, go here, plant this tree, or whatever. With Stardew, it's a little bit more veiled. Like I, even now, I don't really even know like what I was doing. Was that efficient? Was it good? Like, should I have gone into the cave and fought more monsters? Should I have? Doesn't matter. Yeah, well, that's the thing about Stardew is you literally can do whatever the fuck you want. If you want to pull those weeds, you don't have to pull those weeds. If you want to go play in the cave for a few Mm -hmm. hours, you can go do that. Mm -hmm. Also, really, I think the biggest thing that got me from Stardew Valley was that fatigue system or whatever, where like I could go and I could like, I could chop down like two trees and then, oh, that's it for the day. You know, I better go rest, otherwise I'm gonna fall down or something. I'm gonna <laughs> will cause me to to just black out wherever I'm at. No, I haven't played Stardew, but when you uh, did you breeze past the character selection screen and accidentally make your farmer like 90? <laughs> I don't think so, but who knows? Maybe. Yeah. It's 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 a mechanic in the early game before you really figure out the the fatigue system and and get the the food that will replenish your fatigue but it's a mechanic that forces you to do the social interactions and the other like non-fatigue related stuff mm-hmm. after you've already done your your farm maintenance i don't know guys i mean i, I get pretty fatigued after like social interaction and i mean zoom calls <laughs> like knock me out <laughs> it can be a lot sometimes <laughs> Um, well, this, uh, this dovetails right into a big headline that came out a couple days ago that Meg was super excited about the creator of Stardew Valley, um, Eric concerned ape Barone, uh, released a teaser trailer on YouTube for his latest project, or he actually said in interviews that he's actually been working on multiple projects, but this is going to be, he's most far along on this one. So this will be the next one coming out. It's a haunted chocolatier. Okay, that's what that is. I saw a, a post of that, but I wasn't sure what to make of it. 
Yeah, and from the so looks of it, it's uh, very similar start. to Stardew, but you're running a giant chocolate factory. <laughs> okay. Now, the cool. art is identical to uh, Stardew Valley, so it it's basically the same it. the same uh, engine as Stardew Valley. Yeah. And um, I found it funny. There's people that are saying that Stardew Valley and this new one are actually just on opposite sides of the mountains from each other. <laughs> yeah, when you look at the art uh, in the, the teaser, uh, the gameplay trailer and stuff, you see there's like th these, you know, this mountain background in the distance. And so that's basically the internet's <laughs> head canon they've decided or fan canon. It's like, oh, okay, like Stardew Valley is taking place on the other side of those mountains. It's all the same world. <laughs> so. In the so, first one, you you've you've given up the corporate life to go live in the in the fucking the 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 rural area on your grandfather's farm, and then in this one, you're giving up the corporate life to be in the city, but have your own small business. There you go. To, you're basically, like Willow Wonking, Willy Wonking it up, sort of yeah. thing. <laughs> Willow Wonking it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, and then like some, uh, uh, what's that? Oh, what's that? little uh chocolate with rocky mountain chocolate whatever store in rocky Spurple. horror picture show chocolate factory <laughs> sure <laughs> one of the representatives <laughs> comes to your factory trying to buy you out <laughs> to go corporate <laughs> uh, uh so yeah i don't think there's any release on that at least date at all he's just saying it's in development uh, judging by the looks of it sometime next year yeah, <gasps> yes it looks super far along already, so I, I'd imagine he'd but release it early. at the same early. time, like on that Reddit article, he said that he doesn't really know what direction he wants to go in with the concepts. Like, he's got pretty much the map and, you know, all the townspeople and all that kind of stuff, but he doesn't really have, like, much of a story of what exactly you're supposed to do. Well, or... Stardew was released in the same way. Like, Stardew was released as an early access. Right. It's yeah. not a completely finished game like it is now. Cool. Yeah, okay. he builds and builds on it as he goes. Yeah. Yeah. All and right. that that's that's the sort of like way indie games are are made. Unless if it's unless it's a completely hundred percent story driven game, you're releasing an early access without being feature complete. Like that's just the, the nature of indie indie development now. All right. And sometimes triple A titles <laughs> by accident. <laughs> yeah, sometimes triple A. <laughs> cyberpunk <clears throat> excuse me uh well speaking of indie games todd you uh, alerted all your facebook friends to the turbo kid game kickstarter yes. uh, about a week or so back uh they smashed through their funding goal in about 10 hours i believe mm -hmm. and uh, uh last i checked today they were almost at 90k when they were originally asking for 40 wow um yeah i think if i remember right on the their Kickstarter page, they said that they had the game mostly done, but they were just looking for some extra support to like really put a polish and extras on it and stuff. Yeah. The game's already been in development for about two years now, I would say uh, maybe more if they've done like unannounced stuff before, mm -hmm. but uh, it's, they've, they've released multiple like teasers and mm -hmm. little feature videos and stuff like on it. Um, it already looks great. So like even before the Kickstarter, I was hyped for it. Yeah much hype um i think that's all i had for the world of games uh todd anything or um the bigger bigger news uh i have the rumors were true 
Grand Theft Auto Trilogy, the definitive oh. edition, is coming out. Mm. So the uh, the Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and San Andreas are getting a facelift and uh, are coming out, I think, uh, holiday season this year or early next year. I can't remember the date. Nice. Pretty soon. Can they yeah, say what and, systems those are coming out on? Is that the four, the five, the uh, uh all all current consoles and PC. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, I if you have a game pass, I think you get San Andreas, but I don't think you get the whole trilogy. Okay. Um Elden Ring. I don't know if people were hyped for the well, I don't know if either of you two were on the radar for this. Uh it's a Souls like game that had some George R. R. Martin influences. Uh he helped out with some of the writing on it uh that's delayed till next year uh we have god of war is coming to pc so if you were interested in the god of war games and you never played them on ps you can play them on pc now well soon uh the entire franchise or what yeah uh the the latest ones and then uh they're going to release some of the older ones that already had uh, updates for previous consoles Nice. nice. Cool. Yeah, we're getting to that point where it's like, do we keep the PS3 plugged in? I mean, I still haven't played a few of those old like greatest hits titles, but now we got to find room for the Switch dock. And I mean, most of the time we'll be playing that handheld anyway. But anyway, now yeah, three cool. three last pieces of uh, little news that I had. Uh, Darkest Dungeon two. I don't know if either of you played Darkest Dungeon. Tony, I think you'd really like it. Um, you too. I actually, I actually started Darkest Dungeon on the PC, and I couldn't understand the mechanics of how it was all working. Like, I just struggled so hard on that game that I gave up. It's a very brutal game. Like, it's yeah. difficult. Even for me, it is a difficult game. Like, Isn't that uh, one of those where every time you, like, it's a dungeon crawler, and every time you run into a monster, like, you lose a, like, sanity meter or something? Yes. Maybe, track of. Yeah. yeah. There's there's essentially two health bars. You have your 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 regular health, and you have your sanity, and you have to manage both. Um, you have uh, there's like, so you have a party of four characters, and then you have a roster of like twelve different types of characters that you can have, or there might be more now. But uh, you basically have to come up with party compositions that can manage both your health and stress, and still deal enough damage to kill monsters in a reasonable amount of time so it's it's a very fun game but also a very unforgiving game if you're new or don't uh don't grasp the, the mechanics if you don't have enough, <laughs> if you don't have enough stress in your actual life <laughs> yeah but it is it is one of the games that does have a story mode difficulty so you can like tune down the uh difficulty gotcha okay. I think the first time I remember ever seeing a game with that mechanic, the like the sanity meter or management was Eternal Darkness for the 64. Do you remember that? I recognize the name. I don't think I ever played it. I barely remember anything from it, but it was similar. Like every time you encountered something supernatural or crazy, I I, I didn't even own it myself. I, it was one of those like back in school days where you hung out at your friend's house after school and watched them play games. <laughs> uh, same thing for Vice City. I actually never played most of Vice City at all. I just watched my friend John play it. Um, but Eternal Darkness, it got to a point where if your sanity, if you started going too insane, 
then the game would do all kinds of shit. Like it would turn up and down the volume of your TV. It would, the screen would blip <laughs> off as if to think like your TV just lost power and it would <laughs> pop back on like five, 10 seconds later. Like it did all kinds of crazy shit. It was fun. It's trying to play with your actual sanity, not your in-game sanity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, but in, okay. in relation to that and darkest dungeon, uh, the trailer for darkest dungeon two has come out because darkest dungeon is now about four or five years old. So, uh, part two is being released, uh, I believe in early access by the end of this year. So mm-hmm. the trailer for that is out on YouTube. If you want to check that out. Cool. And then, uh, we also had a new little, uh, bit of, so, Bethesda is gearing up for Starfield and Starfield is expected to be released next year. Right. So we're starting to get little, uh, little videos here and there coming out about the game. And uh, we have a setting uh, video that came out earlier this week. Basically it's uh, about two or 300 years into humanity's future. And uh, we have settled a nearby galaxy and, uh, there's a conflict between the two major settlement factions and you are a like an explorer in the explorers faction which is not a colonized faction but sort of like your rangers that are out there looking to protect the wildlands and to discover things and that kind of stuff hmm. so, we got that and then uh, the last thing that I had was where to go Oh, so a little tiny tidbit for the the new Wolverine game. Um, I don't know if either of you played Spec Ops The Line, but that's one of the greatest games I've ever played that I'll never play again. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, The reason being is it's fucking brutal. So it's like a really like, it's a story-driven shooting game, but it's based on like, Modern, modern military industrial complex kind of uh, war. Uh, there's a fictional war in Dubai or in UAE. The Burj Khalifa is there or some analog to it. Um, and you go in there and like this entire sandstorm has devastated the region. But instead of being like peacekeepers, we're kind of an occupying force and it's like the brutalities of war and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a couple of missions specifically where it's very haunting and very like, whoa, you have to put the controller down after you play it and kind of take a break. That one actually yeah. does play with your sanity a little bit. Oh, okay. Just but in a different way. Yeah. yeah. It's brutal story wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the, the way that relates to the new Wolverine game is the writer for spec ops. The line is one of the main uh, writers for the Wolverine story. Mm -hmm. So we know that it's going to be good story wise. Cool. Nice. When you said brutal again, I was thinking like, Oh, it's going to be an impossibly difficult game again. It's like, Oh, the the creators of dark souls are behind the new Wolverine. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is brutal in a different way. Definitely the the roughest one to date for me is still the last of us and i still haven't even played the second one and i've heard it's just as bad if not worse i mean it's amazing storytelling but like it's just like god damn like super dark and just depressing <laughs> uh, see if you can find spec ops the line i think uh steam has it on sale usually anytime one of their steam sales come up 
for like five or 10 bucks. It's definitely a A plus game. Like I said, that you'll only play one time. Yeah. You will play it through for the story and you'll never play it. Even though the, 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 the game mechanics were actually satisfying and, and well done for like a cover based shooter. Mm. Um, the story like wins out and it's, it's, it's top notch. Yeah. I'll add it to the never ending list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping to get through more games uh, much quicker. Now I, I have uh, cut back the overtime hours, at least in the evening. So, you know, Megan, ha- Megan, I have more time together and, whether we're watching shows, but mainly now she's all up in the switch. Uh, that leaves me time for all up in the switch, all up in the switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far up there. That leaves me with the TV and the PS4. And I've been mainlining uh, Tomb Raider uh, for the last couple of weeks. The um, shadow of the Tomb Raider. Yeah. Uh, it's the so third cool. one of third one of the rebooted trilogy. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm liking it a lot. Good stuff. When you thought you were done with Doom, huh? Didn't you? What? You thought oh. you were done with Doom. <laughs> I, I am done with Doom. Yes, but so I know there's a story. Go ahead. <laughs> there, there's a there's a new mode that has just been released or is coming soon. I don't know which uh, horde mode, which is all new challenges and new monsters to fight and 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 new new mode to play in the latest Doom game. It's for the hardcore people. Like if you want more of a challenge, you know, then yeah, there you go. Just, it's like insanity, nonstop insanity. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, we got a, a bunch of trailers over the last two weeks of uh, movies and TV as well. Um, well, more video games, actually. Well, movies and, and video games. The DC fandom event was... Uh, not this uh, yesterday, but the previous Saturday. Um, there's trailers for The Batman with Robert Pattinson, uh, the Flash movie, which it was just a tiny, a smaller teaser, but you got to see uh, multiple Ezra Millers and a long voiceover uh, with uh, it, basically him meeting Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne Batman. Um, and there was a couple, I think, extra trailers for the dc video games coming out like the suicide squad video game coming and uh gotham knights i want to say yeah so gotham knights is the the spiritual successor to the uh arkham franchise yeah which was fantastic i'm all in with that and suicide squad because it looks fun yeah yeah was the the anime trailer for suicide squad versus like what was it kill superman or something i forget the title what was that on there as well or was that its separate release oh i i don't know i don't know if they released a new one but i think i remember that being announced a while back i didn't know if there was another teaser a while back um okay. oh there was a teaser trailer for peacemaker uh season <laughs> one on um which will be on hbo max with john cena being that shit insane and it looks magical and i will watch the crap out of it <laughs> um it's a uh, suicide squad kill the justice league oh, right. okay, yeah that's what right. okay. yeah. yeah what did you think of those uh batman tra- well one is a trailer for the batman movie and the other one is the flash but everybody's like this is the batman's movie <laughs> <laughs> uh. I thought it looked good. Uh, 
the Selena Kyle looked amazing. Oh yeah, it was the, uh, the little bit we see of her. Zoe Kravitz. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I always get. Why do I always get her and Zendaya mixed up? I don't know why. <laughs> because they're the same person. They're vaguely similar. I can see the confusion. With similar thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, similar build. Similar height. Similar no. appearance in general. The the Batman trailer. I was intrigued. At the same time, I like that there's a lot of Penguin because we haven't had an iteration of that since, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, Batman Returns. Uh, So I like that they're leaning back that direction instead of giving us like another Joker or something. Um, At the same time, I was kind of like, it feels after, and maybe this is unfair to just compare it to what's come before because there's always going to be the previous Batman to compare it to. But I was intrigued by it, but at the same time, it felt like, it was competing with like the Chris Nolan franchise. Like, Ooh, you thought that was dark and gritty Batman. We're darker and grittier Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and there's actual like gritty in the corner. Yes. Gritty. <laughs> gritty is. Yeah. Gritty is playing well, Robin. <laughs> I saw on some website, it was saying that uh, the actual, this version of the Riddler is going to be much more darker and uh, more devious, almost like the, uh, the saw character or no, the jigsaw character from the saw movies, as opposed to like, the more yeah. classic Riddler. Hey, would you uh, like to play a game? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm curious about and kind of excited to see that version of it. Uh, you know, be, not yeah. quite as lighthearted, but yeah. 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 Again, I, I like that they're revisiting other characters that we haven't seen for a while. Um, even though, again, like those Arkham games were so fantastic. Like those, those versions were pretty great. But in, uh, in live action form, it'll be cool to see. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of uh, Colin Farrell's penguin in the trailer and that was cool um yeah yeah be, Which is weird be... because i don't think he's gonna play as big of a role at least i heard he's gonna be kind of a secondary or a short-term villain while while the riddler's gonna be kind of the, the more overarching villain in that movie uh, i guess we'll short see, you know, villain you said information yeah. short villain yeah <laughs> um, or, or just you know that not yeah maybe they're maybe not they're the devito short but in <laughs> Nobody's Danny DeVito short. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe that's part of the marketing. They're misdirecting and uh, showcasing a lot of Colin Farrell. So they uh, get to keep Riddler in their pocket as more of a surprise when you get to the theaters. Um, hopefully they don't fall yeah, into the trap okay. of like releasing multiple trailers to the point where you see half the damn movie before you get to the theater. <laughs> uh, um, the... Uh, the teaser for the flash started with Ezra Miller, just like talking to the camera. Cause it was part of the DC fandom event, just talking to everybody online and saying like, yeah, we're still like early in production. We don't really have a, like a trailer to show you, but here's a quick little teaser and hope you like it and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and it's mainly a voiceover by Michael Keaton. So, you know, like, Oh my God, like old school Bruce Wayne and leads up to, Barry Allen uh, or multiple Barry Allen, multiple flashes. I think there's at least two Barry Allens present and then some other speedster by his side. I think there was a female speedster. Um, Anyway, multiple flashes from multiple universes meeting up in the bat cave. And uh, Michael Keaton's uh, monologue is something about how like, let me get this straight. Like you can go anywhere you want, anytime, any place, like in this multiple universes. And he's like, what's so special about this one? Like, why are you here trying to save this one? Like, what, what do you care? 
and you get bits of uh, moments of Barry um, meeting up his mom, where if you're familiar with the Flash storyline, mom tragically dies in the story and kicks off him becoming the Flash. So looks cool. I'm uh, I'm excited for that. Yep, yep. Um, I don't know if there's anything else from DC fan. Uh, we got uh, a first Uncharted trailer, mm-hmm. which I'm cautiously optimistic with it. It looked a little overly CG, Fast and the Furious. <laughs> um, I mean, the one of the big they they are making a point of showcasing a few of the the big action set pieces <laughs> from the. Uh, games and the big one in the trailer uh, ends on is where uh, uh, Nate is uh, flying. He's falling out of a cargo plane. That's like flying out of the middle of the desert. And, uh, and all of the, like the cargo, like the boxes and all the webbing and everything is like flopping around in the air from the back of the open cargo plane. And he's back there, like climbing on the boxes, trying to get back in the plane. And then there's this shot, which is like very early CG ish shot, which I mean, it's an early teaser trailer where he like leaps from the box back into the plane. But like the physics of that, there is no way like he would have flew. (laughs) He would have been rocketed away from that plane (laughs) so hard. Mm -hmm. It looked a bit like a little too leaning into the impossible Fast and the Furious bonkersness. Oh, jeez, Mr. Wahlberg. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but fun, fun uh, rapport with uh, uh, with yeah Tom Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg as Sully. So, and they're they're using some of the lore from the fourth game, the final game, because a lot of the fourth game is a prequel story. It's going back to uh, uh, Nate as a young kid and uh, his brother, his long lost brother Sam, and the story they're using in the movie, it seems is that his brother is lost and he, he got lost searching for this treasure. You mean his long lost brother is lost. His long lost brother is lost. Yeah. <laughs> He's double lost. He's double lost. lost. Triple lost. Even lost squared, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so um, lost. He's seeing a smoke monster. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and polar you bears. Bet. You never explained the polar bears. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, scream. The new Scream number five, is it? Mm-hmm. We got a trailer for that, which looks fun. Um, uh, what's uh, what's her name? Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell. Campbell. Yeah, Nev Campbell back as Sydney, uh, Courtney Cox, and um, Arquette, David Arquette. David Arquette, thank you. Yeah, yeah. we got to go back and do a, a rewatch because I remember like nothing from. I watched the first two back in the day, plenty of times. The third one I saw like once in the theaters, fourth one never even bothered, but but those ones are always fun. Same. Yeah. I think I saw the first one and then just had people tell me about the subsequent ones without ever actually seeing them. Cause I just didn't have as much of an interest in any of the sequels. Yeah. Yeah, Those are good. Uh, Speaking of slasher stuff, uh, Meg and I watched Halloween kills. Uh, (laughs) That was an excited reaction from Meg. That was uh, that's Meg's review. All right, Meg, what what what's going on here? Uh, it was it was a movie. Um, 
it was certainly a film a lot of people are agreeing with you a lot of people are not happy with this at all yeah people either love it or they hate it that's the consensus and i find more people are disliking it than liking it Mm. but everything with michael was awesome because michael is just he's michael Mm. like there isn't much to him except for the fact that he fucking kills people but stabby guy yeah and um there were a lot of really cool shots like if you were to freeze frame it like it would have been like a movie poster. Yeah, really or... great cinematography. The yeah. cinematography was amazing. Yeah. But they focused more on the townspeople mm-hmm. and how they've become like divided and overreactional and just like the drama of the townspeople being townspeople trying to find the monster in the hills. Mm-hmm. And, it and then just... the other half are like, no, he's not real. It's fake news. but it just it took away so much from the story and then at the same time um uh jamie lee curtis's character Lori was trying to make it some like more in-depth mythical thing like he can't die unless i die or i can't die and you know it was just have you guys watched or do you care if we say spoilers or anything spoil away for me yeah Yeah. and so it was just a there wasn't even a whole lot of her in the film to be honest um which in a way makes sense like in the realistic sense of things like you know she wouldn't really be there too much um but they marketed the hell out of the fact that of course she's in it and then she's like barely in it yeah um i hate when i I hate when to you like nostalgia cashing in shows or movies Mm -hmm. do that they the marketing is all centered around this returning huge cast member from Mm -hmm. the originals way back when and they're in it for 30 fucking seconds yeah and then at the same time everybody else in the film were kind of terrible actors (laughs) like it was it was cringy and like everybody had to have their hero moment speech throughout the entire fucking film and it just felt very forced very unnatural and it was like cringy trying to get through some of these scenes with these people mm. there were a few clunky moments for sure yes. you know when like the the cheesy like old school action movie whoever the fuck is the hero like cocks the gun and the camera zooms up and like let's go get these bastards or something like that or this time it's personal (laughs) there was that happened multiple times with different characters so we're like oh that what the why (laughs) but on the flip side the best part about the whole film were big john and little john which were the gay couple that moved into michael's old house so and they were the fucking best like i would have loved to have seen a movie just with them i would definitely see i i'm much i'm i'm nicer on this film than most people are being i enjoyed it it's it definitely suffers from a kind of a trilogy uh problem where we already know that this is a new trilogy like a enclosed three-part story of the halloween franchise like it's the the first one that came out a couple years ago 2018 i think it was um was a direct continuation from the very first film 78 and uh you know michael's coming back 40 years later to attack the town i actually enjoyed that film really good yeah and reintroduced everything jamie lee curtis is totally central to the story and uh spoiler for you know people who haven't seen it yet at the end of the first film she is very gravely injured and hence it makes sense in this you know part two 
um, she's down for the count. She's like hung up in the hospital uh, for most of the film. So people were annoyed by that and like, oh, well, she's like barely in it. But it makes sense for this story. Exactly. This is all happening in one night. Yeah. yeah. So then but a lot of these. It like she's in the whole fucking thing. Yeah. So a lot of these side characters take, you know, the lead. And honestly, the the these new leads. Eh, that's yeah. I mean, Anthony Michael Hall is oh, one of them, and he's bad. It was so bad. I hated him. He's really trying trying to play a tough guy like really hard. That was one of those moments like let's get some, you know. Um, but but like like I said, a couple of the random side characters, these these um, victims that Michael ends up killing just because as he's trudging his way through his path through town they're some of the most likable people in the film. <laughs> like, I wish that they lived and like the story carried on with them. Uh, yeah, what's the guy's name from uh, Mad TV? Um, oh, Michael Mike, Mc... Michael McDonald. McDon- Michael McDonald. Um, who did the, what was his name? Stuart? Stuart. Stop. Yeah. No, I can do it. Yeah, it's him and this <laughs> other guy. I can do. Yeah, <laughs> him and this other guy are married and they're having their, their little like Halloween just you know at home together all intimate and then of course you know end up dying michael just comes to their house oh because they own they're the new owners yeah. of his childhood home so naturally he comes a con and he clears out the house but they are some of the best characters yeah. i'm like why did they have to die <laughs> they were the most entertaining part of this movie um but again like i i still enjoyed it it just suffered from that trilogy issue with me because since we already know there's a part three coming all of this just kind of feels like filler um, also one more thing is they time jumped a lot in the film which got really confusing okay did they yeah they did with the cop and like showing how he's actually the one that michael's after but not really oh yeah there was flashbacks and then there was, like the kid because they showed the yeah. flashback from the victim's point of view and mm-hmm. like we're the survivors of michael and so we're like part of a cool club now and it's just it got to be a lot yeah there, there was multiple flashbacks again tying it back to the original movie um, that was one cool thing. A lot of the original actors, even though they were like kids in the first film, like they were the kids being babysat by Lori and her, her friend um, returned for this one and were part of the story again. Uh, so that was cool. And the original sheriff who's like, looks like he's a hundred. <laughs> um, oh, and uh, Donald Pleasance, who was um, uh, the psychiatrist, Dr. Dr. Loomis, who was, you know, Michael's doctor while he was imprisoned and then was like hell bent on killing him once he got loose. He's like, he's pure evil. Like nothing can save him. He needs to be destroyed or he's just going to kill everybody in this path. Um, well, he's long passed away. Donald Pleasant's passed away, I think in 95. Uh, but he was a huge part of the franchise, even a lot of the sequels originally. Um, and uh, there's a moment early in this film with one of those flashbacks, it's the sheriff, like when he was confronting Michael and lived to tell the tale from his first uh, you know, rampage, uh, there's a moment where Donald Pleasance is in this scene where you've never seen it before. Uh, with, um, and I was like, oh, they must've like CG'd him in there. That's interesting, but it sounds just like his voice and everything. And it turns out it was just amazing uh, prosthetics work. It was uh, hair and makeup. They actually, they made the choice uh, instead of just spending the money on a whole CG and uh, 
Yeah, they did. A, it was and they, the guy posted it on his Instagram. It was their construction coordinator on the set. And they just noticed, oh, he's got a similar frame. Like, hey, come to hair and makeup. And they just plastered all this shit on him. And he looks like the spitting image of him. It's like so much better than CG would have been. So I thought that was really cool. But, I will um, not be rewatching this film. <laughs> Meg will not be revisiting. It. No. no. Well, they got one more to go. Anybody we'll see what happens. Go ahead. Anybody Andrew. else watch Doom this weekend? I I'd did. watch Doom. Meg and I haven't yet. Um, okay. You want to mute yourselves, Tony, so we can talk for a few minutes? <laughs> I, well, he's going to have to edit it and listen to it anyway. He's I don't mind. Without, without any spoilers, like it was, I think it was done pretty well. It's right. ultimately not the first book. It's, I want to say, maybe the first half of the first book. It's the first half the of the first book. Yeah, yeah, it's just a portion of it. Yeah. And it was pretty well done. It was an interesting what they did with some of the character choices. Like they portrayed them a little bit different than I thought they were going to be portrayed. But the cinematography is awesome. The special effects. The sound design was amazing. Sound design. Yeah. Just the music and the ambiance of it all was was really great. Like looking at Arrakis and the grandeur of the deserts and stuff. It was what I wanted it to be. So ultimately it was pretty good. I enjoyed it a lot. So it it was pretty cool. That's what I was expecting of it. Um, again, we still have to watch it, but knowing that it was Dennis Blade Runner 2049, I knew I was going to see a very beautiful, beautiful movie. Um, my my only complaint is it's like watching Fellowship of the Rings with having a 50-50% chance that Two Towers never gets made. Yeah. Uh, we don't even know if they're greenlit for a sequel. Um, so chances are good, especially considering they had a $40 million opening weekend. Um, yeah, so right. chances are good that there's going to be a sequel. And HBO has, even with their sort of mediocre, like almost bombs, they, they still get sequels. Um, so chances are good at this point that, that it's getting a sequel. Because I, okay. I thought I heard they were even already filming the next one. Is that... Well, they, f- they filmed some of the sequences and some of the stuff during the filming of the first one but they didn't film the whole movie gotcha okay all right um yeah i I talked to erica a little bit about it earlier she texted me she's like hey have you watched it yet and i was like no but you know whatever and she tell me about it and she enjoyed it she she wasn't even aware that it was just part of the story so she was kind of bummed about that but well at the same time if they were to try and put all of that into one movie it would not have done as well right they were breaking it up it was only two and a half hours and it was actually for me. So I've uh, a, a history with Dune where I have never been able to complete the book. Like oh. I've tried at least four or five times so good. both reading it and audiobook form. I cannot get through it. It just, the politics just kind of like turned me off eventually after a certain point and I, I lose track of the names and mm. this is who, who's this, what character is this? Yeah, on the same way, Todd, like 100%. I can't get yeah. into it. Uh, I never... Like Game of Thrones, too. It's all that kind of politics and interpersonal kind of yeah. one. So if you like one, you're going to like the other. And yeah. But I feel like with Game of Thrones, it's more fantasy. Oh, yeah. And Dune is more sci-fi. And I oh, have yeah, that's the a biggest hard time difference. with sci-fi um, I say I would say Dune is a little more dry with it than than Game of Thrones is. And Game of Thrones, you lose half the characters through half the books anyway. <laughs> I, I, I'm guessing Dune is the same way where you lose a lot of the characters uh, eventually. Yeah. 
it, but, it's um, over such a long time frame that yeah there are very few that continue on through all if even more than a couple of the books but my point getting to my point is i was able to retain more information from this film from the the interpersonal relationships and the the relationship with the empire and the conflict between the uh, atreides and the harkonnen and then the atreides and the empire um, i was able to retain more information in this two and a half hour film than i any time that i had re- tried to read the books well, here's here's a question for you, Todd. Now that you've watched the film and have a better understanding of all of it, can now you go back and maybe try and read the book and succeed by reading it because you have more of an understanding? Possibly. Possibly. I know sometimes that, that works for me is if I've understood the movie version enough, whereas then I could go and read the book, it makes more sense to mm. me. You get a, a visual mm-hmm. reference to memory bank in there especially if it's a really good adaptation, which this seems to be like from what I remember of the book, it's been a while since I've read it, but it was pretty, pretty much spot on of what happens and who they're speaking with and what transpires. So, I mean, obviously, so the, the, what I'm reading from, from people that are really big fans of the books, obviously the character stories are are hugely truncated, Mm -hmm. but, and then there's obviously scenes, entire scenes and motivations that are cut out of the film, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty good, adaptation is what a lot of the book fans are saying but before this everybody seemed to absolutely adore the sci-fi channel miniseries right from uh was it like 99 or 2000 or something that's the one i've but well, that was that was i think the children of dune or dune messiah i don't think was no, that they did both as well oh, okay they did the original dune and then children of dune later um that's what we i think we had that on dvd and watched it at some point uh, it's been years now i I mean, it was fine. I don't remember much from it except it, you know, very old school, traditional hero's journey. The the guy is in like some sort of privileged house. He ends up going on his hero's journey. He gets the glowy eyes because of the spice or something. And then ends up becoming like a messiah slash leader savior for the downtrodden sand people. That's pretty much it, right? Close. Yeah, close. Yeah. Uh, if you if you get a chance honestly and it's worth i think at least one watch it was on hbo max for a while i think it might still be but david lynch's 1987 i think dune yeah i've always been curious about it it's it's interesting it's also you know if you want to see like young patrick stewart he's on there oh patrick stewart yeah Uh, he looks identical he he looks identical to what he does now it's just it's him (laughs) 50 years ago yeah just maybe one less wrinkle that's all. Yeah, just a little bit. He, yeah. he and Paul Rudd have been hoarding that fountain of youth. Uh-huh. <laughs> Except, and... to be fair, Patrick Stewart looked 50 when he was 20. <laughs> <laughs> he just hasn't He just hasn't become 60 yet. He's just caught up to his appropriate age now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he's pulled with Steve Martin. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> he's just frozen in time right there. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, and there's also what Sting and uh, Mr. Mayor are in that, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, uh huh. Yep, yep. From Portlandia, so he's, he's Paul, and yeah, yeah. Sting is uh, Rob. So yeah. yep, yep, pretty good. Okay. Yeah, I'll catch that and the new iterations of Dune eventually. We'll probably watch the new one tomorrow or something. I say watch it. Um, obviously, it's it would be better in like an IMAX theater, but I. 
I still say as long as you've got a good enough set uh, setup at home with a, a large enough TV and a good sound system, yeah, it's perfectly fine it's watching. Fine. I watched this on my TV and it was still really good. Like I would, I'm sure, like you said, I'd get a little bit more out of it from a theater with the surround sound and you know the the full IMAX experience or something. But it was it was enjoyable. Yeah, the, the sand, I can imagine the sandworm scene in a in an IMAX theater. That would be that would be amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> 4D, the sandworm actually comes up and eats your chair. <laughs> <laughs> Back when the 3D theaters were were the, the rage. Yeah. There's like actual sand pelting you in the face as you're watching the film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like that, the, what is it, like the 4D theater in um, Disneyland? Disneyland that had like Captain EO and then like a Honey, Muppet Honey, I shrunk thing. the audience. Honey, I shrunk the audience, yeah. <laughs> the T2 ride at Universal. Yeah, yeah. loved that thing. Or oh, when yeah. it's it, like it stabs, you feel that 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 sharp pressure of air in the back of your chair. Uh huh. Yeah, and then it's Didn't like they water. Have one of those theaters also at SeaWorld too. Oh Jesus! It was like, Probably. Yeah, it was like it was some underwater like deep sea vessel thing yeah. that you dove down, and it was kind of like a Star Tours, yeah, but they also like that. splashed water at you and stuff. Man, I haven't thought about it in the ages. <laughs> oh man, is that, is okay. that T two? Is the T two ride still at uh, Universal? No, they no. shut that down a while ago. I think I was I was there on opening weekend for that. That was one of the rare, like, opening things that I got to do, and that was super fun. That's rad. That's a good one. I'm sure there's probably a YouTube somewhere of it you could probably watch. <laughs> Yeah. But that was a cool one because they they also had the stunt actors like pop out of the screen yeah. when they jumped through the time portal. There was a moment where they did that and they had like little uh, like pop like fake gunshot rounds and everything. And while the T-1000 was chasing them, they actually brought out like a motorcycle. That was a fun. Yeah. Cool. yeah. I mean, they still have that damn Waterworld stunt show, don't they? That's oh, yeah. been there for 144 years. <laughs> I mean, they have just the full infrastructure for it. Like, what else are they going to do with that giant pool and like the the towers and everything, the zip lines? You know, might and as well it, keep running it's, it. It's yeah. still one of their most popular shows. Like, it's a it, fun show. It we'll gets packed every single time it, it, it plays. So yeah. we're fine. We're finally going back to Disneyland uh, next month. I'm gonna take my mom. She's going to come up on the train, and we're going to go. Um, so that'd be fun, but Universal Studios is one we definitely have to get back to eventually. Speaking of actually, speaking of Waterworld, funny story: there are rumors that there's a Waterworld TV show in in development right now. Oh, we talked about that. Oh, we did. Yeah, on a previous podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, that's bonkers, freaking news. But I'm <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> that'd be like 30 years later, basically. When did that movie come out? Early, yeah, like, 90, like 90, early 90s 90, 95 i think i think that was 95 yeah it was it was Waterworld and postman for costner both of those came out like 95 96 yeah all right okay we got a bunch more news we're, we're rambling on like old people um like we do all the time yes like we do <laughs> i just have to stop fighting it but we can't have this podcast be like four hours long <laughs> um <laughs> You could. Uh, uh, you just choose not to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our audience would just be Joe Rogan listeners. <laughs> um, Kevin Smith was uh, chatting about uh, his Netflix series, Masters of the Universe Revelation. Uh, part first two off, comes out soon. Yes, part two. Got a release date in November 23rd, I believe. Yeah. November is going to be a big month for Netflix. They've got a lot of shit coming out. 
yeah. they already have a lot of shit out that they just got out this month. Yeah, but yeah, it was a, a funny um, bit with him on, I think it was on his uh, Fat Man Beyond podcast, and he was talking about the conversations he was having with Netflix because he was basically said, like, I can't, I can't say numbers because of, like, Netflix is, like, super you know, tight lippedness about that, but he was asking them about like the viewership and everything. And Netflix is like, Oh yeah, we're very happy. He said like when he goes and makes a movie like, you know, for $10 million and it makes $10 million or more back at the box office. It's like, okay, yay, I got my money back. But he was asking Netflix, like, how does it work? Like, do you have something like that? And he's, and they said, yes, we have a version of that. <laughs> and based on that, they are very, very happy. <laughs> uh, he's like, I don't want to say shit cause I don't want to get in trouble, but it was like insane. <laughs> so um, looks like there's going to be plenty of master of the universe to come. Yeah. Um, Yep, yep. It was it it was huge itself when it came out the hype around it, and then I think it got gigantic when all of the crybaby whiners started hitting Twitter, and everybody then went to watch it to find out oh what the what 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 are all these whiners talking about? Why are they saying it's so awful? Mm-hmm. And then they watched it, and then everybody else enjoyed it, and then it just became huge. Like it was, uh, I guess it was number one in like UK and Europe for like weeks. It was the the top uh, Netflix show for for like two or three weeks in UK and and uh, Europe. Yeah. I don't know. That Squid Game mm-hmm. is up there. Squid Game. <laughs> I only watched bits of that. Meg watched all of that, but that's so uh, good. Squid yeah, Game is pretty cool. That was a cool one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in other bizarro news, we've talked about bits of this news coming out before, but Rob Zombie doing his Monsters movie. Mm-hmm. And I'll watch it. Yeah, but my bar is real low. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but he's been posting a lot about it online. He shared how they're reconstructing the the house, and uh, he yeah. want, he was like obsessed about getting it just right and accurate to the old '60s show. And then he released just this past week a uh, trivia. Uh, what was their address? Six 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 something. Nope. Sixteen sixteen. Nope. Nope. No? nope. 1616 nope. Mockingbird Lane. Nope. What? 1313 Mockingbird Lane. 1313 Mockingbird Lane. Okay. Well, he released on Instagram uh, a few days ago a uh, first cast picture. I just sent you the link. Um, and Ooh. I mean, they look pretty solid. Like it's looking. The house and the cast look okay. The pretty house looks spot on. Yeah. Grandpa looks spot on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Grandpa is. Is the mom Jay, like Jay Leno related to him? Is that like his wife or something? Uh, That's Sherry, his wife. Yeah, Sherry Moon Zombie. She's in everything. Yeah. So oh, yes. Jeff Daniel Phillips, I'm not familiar, is Herman Munster, Sherry Moon Zombie, Lily Munster, and Dan Roebuck as Grandpa Munster. They're all they pretty all... spot on, except I mean, you're never going to get that Fred Wynn face. No. Um, <laughs> nobody Dan... can do that. <laughs> I will never think of Dan. Dan Roebuck is is a character actor that's in tons of things. Yeah. But I will never think of him as anything other than Dollar Store Jay Leno, because he was <laughs> in the 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 TV movie the the Late Shift as Jay Leno. The, <laughs> it, was the, it was the movie about the conflict between Leno and Letterman uh, uh, over getting the Tonight Show. 
Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so he's Kirkland signature. Leno. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Great value, Leno. All right. I, I, I can never see him in any other show and th- and not think of his performance as Leno. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is this is still Rob Zombie, so I feel like at some point he's gonna pull the the rug from under us, and it's gonna look like everything's gonna look fantastical and hunky dory sixties like. And then once they get inside the house, it's just blood, guts, and gore. But who knows? Maybe this might be him, you know, skirting the direction, kind of like Eli Roth started doing like family friendly movies and stuff while being in doing some of that on the side in between his crazy horror stuff. Well, Rob Zombie has been directing like TV shows. So like, he's also been doing like CSI kind of stuff and, and, oh. and like, procedurals. Say, and who's to say he doesn't take a more sinister approach with the monsters and it becomes fucking awesome. You know, maybe that's like, yes, I know the monsters we all know and love are kind of cheesy, dorky, mm. you know, like slapsticky, but mm. I would also like to see the actual terrifying version <laughs> of the monsters. Yeah, so maybe, what if Grandpa is doing human experiments in his yeah. basement? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in other wacky horror character news, we uh, we're finally picking up on the third season of What We Do in the Shadows. Yes, uh, we're just a couple episodes in, and of course, it's it's fantastic as ever. Love that show. Uh, I I really can't wait to get to the end because I want to talk to someone about it so bad who's seen this uh, whole season because okay. give us give us till the end of the week andrew oh yeah we'll, we're right, gonna floor right. right through it we'll talk about it at book club <laughs> yeah for sure um uh what else we got oh another horror related stuff there was just news there's another last drive-in special coming uh the walking dead so uh, wow. Yeah, Joe Bob posted a video saying we don't normally do TV shows, but seeing as The Walking Dead is finally ending after, you know, 100 years, um, he's uh, hosting the they're going to watch the first two episodes of the show. And In black Greg, and white. Uh, oh, I don't know. Because the black, hmm. the, the season one black and white is probably the best way to watch it. Yeah, I think I still might have that on Blu-ray or did I give that away? I'm not sure. I'll have to look in our or DVD collection. Um, but uh, producer Greg Nicotero is going to be on board nice. watching it with him. So that's going to be uh, this Friday, the 29th on Shudder and AMC Plus. So that, cool. That'll be a good one. We still haven't even watched the Halloween special. <laughs> We're so far behind on that show. We are. Well, again, I've got my nights more free now, so we should start yeah. flying through some Joe Bob. Yeah. Um, another bit of news, movie news that I did not see coming well actually it's going to be a series history of the world mel brooks's <laughs> history of the world part one is now getting a part two out <laughs> fucking time oh my god variety series ordered at hulu mel brooks to write and executive produce so his uh, co-writer is going to be nick kroll by the way that's i'm I'm sold. Yeah. No, um, I love Nick Kroll. Mel Brooks writing. Oh, that again reminds me not to bounce around, but that's what my brain does. There was also a Big Mouth season five trailer that came out. Oh, just yeah. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, Mel Brooks writing, executive producing on the series, along with Nick Kroll, Wanda Sykes, Ike Barinholtz, David Stassen, and Kevin Salter. Uh, no word yet on what world events the series will cover, but Hulu has ordered eight episodes of the show and uh, writing room is beginning in October production slated to begin in spring next year. 
Um, it's new Mel Brooks, which I didn't see coming. And I am, that's, that's it. I'll watch anything attached to that man's name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I honestly don't think I ever signed the first history of the world. So maybe I should check that out. Absolutely. It's been many years since I've seen it. Probably like 10 years or more since I've seen it. That was uh, 1981 was the first one. It's one of those movies that always popped up on like TBS and AMC. And it's a, it's a, it's an infinitely rewatchable background movie. Like you, you, like the first couple of times you watch it, you pay attention for the jokes and then you can always have it on in the background. Yeah. And it's just one of those it's, great films. It's Mel Brooks and uh, a few other comedians of the time, just kind of bouncing around um, different historical eras. So there's like the French revolution and he's the King and he's a complete dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> he's back in uh, Roman times with uh uh, I think it was Gregory Hines. Yeah, um, and he's a complete schmuck. Yeah, yeah, he's a oh, he's a he's a stand-up philosopher. <laughs> 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 and he's out of work. Uh, it's goddamn now. I gotta watch it now. Um, it's just a it's a fun, good old-fashioned comedy. Um, it's it's I mean, it's slow because it's kind of older style. You know, Mel Burke's comedy. I mean, he's from way back in the day. So if you watch this earlier stuff like that, the producers, things like that, then it's more of a slow paced sort of thing. But that was 1981. That was when he was starting to uh, transition to, to a little more upbeat stuff like Spaceballs in 85. So mm-hmm. it's uh, a history of the world. Part one still very watchable. It's, it's sure. very Mel Brooks wink and nod style comedy. Uh very very fourth wall breaking kind of stuff yeah more blazing saddles blazing saddles yeah of course very similar vibe yeah i'm excited for that oh what else in the movie tv um over in the land of star wars uh, we we already knew hayden christensen was going to reprise his role as anakin slash vader or they haven't really specified they just said he's attached to the show uh uh the obi-wan series coming and now it's been announced that he will also be back in the ahsoka spinoff so um that that one you know is going to be more of like a a force ghost or flashback because flashbacks probably yeah at this point Oh, I didn't even think about that. I, I was, Meg was just, we were talking about this earlier and she was like, Hey, did you hear about this? And I said, yeah, it's probably going to be flashbacks to like their training during the clone wars or adventures in the clone wars. Because I mean, at in present time where this Ahsoka spinoff is supposedly going to take place, it's in the Mandalorian time, which is post return of the Jedi. So, mm-hmm. you know, Luke already confronted Vader and the emperor. They're dead already um like five years past so well, the emperor's also, pseudo dead could also be like, <laughs> dead, yeah. oh he's dead he's dead <laughs> could be force ghost anakin because in the uh most recent edition didn't he wasn't he the force ghost next yeah to, they like, replaced Yoda and what yeah. at the end so. i didn't even think of that idea he could be a force ghost that could be cool yeah, yeah. all right Neat. so they got options there um over in the land of marvel uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three just gained a uh, Adam Warlock, mm-hmm. which yeah. I'm not too familiar with the character, but he's like the he's the the superhero name is Nova, right? He's like the head of the Nova Corps, or like the, the... he is 
he is a, a, a he is a member, but he's also a like a he's a Captain Marvel level powered individual. So yeah. he's one of the top powered heroes slash anti heroes in in the universe. Okay. If I remember correctly, back in the comics of the original Infinity War, I think he was the one actually who pulled the the Tony Stark and saved the day. I think so. I think yeah, you're right. Okay. I'm not mistaken. So it's interesting to see what they do with him now with that power level and what yeah. if they're going to really translate that the same way. So the actor announced for the role is in fact Will Poulter. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not familiar with him, I, I'm not trying to be a dick, but the guy's got a very unique look. <laughs> He's the eyebrow kid. I love him. I think he's a he's very so baby faced. Yeah. Though the, the most recent pictures they put out for him, it looks like they give him, you know, like the Disney treatment of like getting oh he's got a Marvel and, Marvel swell and glammed yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. I'm seeing like, a more recent picture of him. Yeah, he's he's grown into himself for sure. Yeah, it looks like yeah, with the with the photos that they posted with that announcement, I can see him in the role with you know some basic makeup and stuff attached to it, maybe a different hairpiece or something. But yeah, like I can see it. Also, yeah. like if if they're going into the next few phases, they probably want younger actors to play yeah. for long periods of time. Yeah. You could potentially play this character for ten years or more, just like the original cast that yeah. played the their Avengers for ten years or plus. Yeah, for sure. I've always liked him as an actor. Yeah, uh, the the first thing I remember seeing him in is where I'm the very curious. I know that you're Oops. English, and so I was Ugh, stop, stupid auto videos. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the first thing I remember seeing him in is uh, We're the Millers. No, no, no. He was in that comic rendition, Archie. No, not Archie. Was that Archie? Archie? Was it Archie? Riverdale? Or... No. <laughs> it was Sunday newspaper cartoons. Okay, we'll have to look it up. <laughs> he was actually, before anything, I think he was part of this weird improv sketch show in like on BBC or in Britain or something that was... Mm-hmm. Mildly entertaining as well. Narnia. I think Narnia. I saw him in that. He is. Wasn't he? Thinking about somebody else. I don't know. Let me look it up. No, he was, was in it? Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, okay. The Chronic What Girls of Narnia. <laughs> Prince Caspian. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember where where the Millers. Um, Will Poulter. He was in. P O U L T E R. Yeah, Maze Runner. I remember him in that now. Yeah. Uh, he was in Bandersnatch. I didn't watch the whole... I should have watched more of that, but that Black Mirror kind of interactive thing on Netflix. He oh, played a pretty yeah. solid role. Oh, maybe I was thinking of somebody else. My bad. Okay. Anyway. My bad. But yeah, so I got the Adam Warlock coming. Mm-hmm. So the tease from uh, end of Guardians 2 and credits scene will finally come to fruition is so it they, be- they may reboot that they may retcon yeah because yeah. he was being made by the what's the faces gold people the cloners yeah yeah Though it's, is guardians 3 the holiday special coming out first i thought the holiday special was first and then yeah. Guardians three right yeah yeah they're filming them back to back james gunn said uh the the special will come out first and it will kind of be uh like key for the story kind of uh, helps pick up where the characters have left off and we're already we're going to get a few doses of guardians coming up because uh most of the team is part of thor love and thunder Mm -hmm. 
Um, mm-hmm. so we're going to see him there. We're going to get the holiday special and then we're going to get uh, guardians three is the, their grand finale. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Marvel stuff, I saw a funny article uh, the other day, apparently at uh, Disney California adventure right now, you know, they have the Avengers campus there and like the animatronic Spider-Man flying all over the place and whatever. Well, uh, since what if uh, finished up, if you watched all of that, you know, there was the uh, awesome zombie episode. Mm-hmm. Now, during their whole oogie boogie, you know, Halloween celebrations and decorations all throughout October, they've got a zombie Captain America walking around scaring people. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, there's pictures of video on it online and he's freaking the hell out of people. He looks very accurate. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and speaking of Disney and the Marvel stuff, there were some headlines, though, that there are more movie delays. I don't know if they said a specific reason, if they're just, again, pushing things out, trying to avoid low like COVID audience numbers or what. But uh, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness got pushed. Uh, and virtually for, their entire lineup got pushed by yeah. two to three months. Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Panther 2 and Indiana Jones 5, like nearly a year. So instead of June 2023, instead of july 2022 it's going to be june 2023 harrison ford's going to be 100 years old by the time the movie comes out (laughs) very much um but yeah anyway it's not like we're lacking of things to watch (laughs) yeah clearly um uh the walking dead is getting another spin-off show jesus christ stop shooting a dead horse (laughs) this is this is tales of the walking dead which is premiering i'm liking the format change though this is coming summer next year and this is an anthology series so every episode is going to be a standalone um with new characters in the universe and some already introduced characters as well just a bunch of like side stories one-offs so don't care could be interesting (laughs) give us something Um, completely new give us like uh uh, something based in another country something like give us a uk walking dead they finally hinted at that in the uh, world beyond show because then now they're doing their second season and the uh the militant group, the, uh, I can't even freaking think of their names right now. Um, they, uh, their leader is like talking to somebody about like all the, you know, all the rebuilding of the world they're doing and everything. And they're saying, look at this place, look at that place. And they name drop some places in Europe about how like hordes of zombies have just like, uh, like devastated cities, just like massive ultra hordes just walking through the place and it was the first time in any of these shows in the walking dead versus they ever mentioned anything outside of america <laughs> so i don't know yeah hopefully we get more of that that'd be interesting uh and speaking of awesome post-apocalyptic stuff the show that i was waiting for forever why the last man was mm. abruptly canceled didn't even finish airing the whole season the the, the season's gonna get aired but yeah before it even ended they were they unbelievable no it's a weird story uh this whole thing so the initial news came out everybody's shocked and there's been follow-up articles clarifying the network i guess clarifying the reasoning for it which is it's money it's mm-hmm. so apparently because this went through development hell and different iterations of like cast and crew like they had diane lane attached and like the lead guy 
like all the way back like four years ago or something. And then the showrunners got replaced. And so basically they had these longstanding actor contracts where they have to keep, if they, if they want to keep them attached to this series, they have to shell out even more money to like keep uh, a hold of their scheduling essentially. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. came down to that, like a weird money and timing issue. So they just cut ties. Yeah. The actor contracts are about to expire and FX would have to throw in an additional 3 million just to hold the actors for a potential season two. And instead they just let it go. Was it Netflix or Amazon? Uh, this is no, this is FX. Uh, and, old standard uh, original TV. Yeah, FX and also their partnership with Hulu, where they they okay instantly but, but released that, that was like an Amazon Prime thing. But okay, cool. No, yeah, I mean I think it bounced around a few networks for a while. It's been in development for like ten years. Um, but the showrunner was very adamant and hopeful that, uh, like they're saying, this is devastating news. But they're hoping to keep this going at another network. Um, all the reviews that I've been seeing in passing were very positive. I was going to wait until the whole season was up so I could just binge it. Uh, but there's been a lot of positive talk about it. And then these follow-up articles were saying from people in the know, apparently it really had to do with that, the, uh, the, you know, cast and money problems, uh, versus the viewership. There's nothing wrong with the viewership. So don't know, but they're they're hoping since uh, they're hoping to land at HBO Max, uh, since the DC Comics uh, also owns the imprint Vertigo, which published Why the Last Man. So their H- their business daddy <laughs> can hopefully save them <laughs> over at HBO Max. So we'll see. Uh, oh, what else? Anything else in the? Oh. Uh, we got our answer for the John Wick prequel, the Continental mm-hmm. series. We were racking our brains. Who the hell could play a, uh, a young Ian McShane? <laughs> to, uh, to which I say, I think that's still pretty impossible. Um, but Colin Woodell is the actor who is going to be young Winston of the Continental. I am not familiar with this guy at all. Yeah, I think he's a big name as of yet at all. Yeah, he's been in just a few things the last few years. Uh um, Riverdale or something like that, did I see? No, there was a thriller, The Neighbor, that came out in 2017. He was part of that uh Purge TV show on USA. Uh The Flight Attendant, then one with Kaylee Cuoco. Oh, okay. Um, I watched that. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, Unfriended Part Two, Dark Web. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um uh, maybe I, I see I, I know nothing of his acting so i you know yeah. would have to check him out but that's going to be the young winston of the continental i can um, see it the, at yeah. least the visual yeah and also big news there uh mel gibson has joined the cast as well oh, he's finally coming out in a uh, yeah He's been in a couple small things here and there. He was in the last Expendables movie, which honestly oh. I actually actually enjoyed. <laughs> he's, he's more of a director now than he is a actor. Yeah, produces and directs, directs, but but yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um. Oh, he was in Designated Survivor. Uh, sorry, the the guy that's going to play the young Colin Ian McShane. Uh, he was in Designated Survivor for a couple of episodes. If you ever watched that. 
no, I didn't. I heard about it. I was curious. I saw the trailers and it looked interesting, but it was good for the first two or three seasons. And then it got canceled and picked up for Netflix for a season or two. And the like final season or two sucked ass. Mm. All right. Uh, Todd, I noticed, uh, Oh, you sent me, uh, text of it that's why uh you were indulging in the cowboy bebop before we yeah. started the recording i think the last time i'd watched it is when i'd first started living with you guys so mm. i decided it was time for a rewatch yeah in honor of the upcoming uh new show coming out next month yeah i've kind of been tempted myself uh did you catch the uh the short that they released yeah that looked slick yeah it looked fun yeah the lost session instead of another a full trailer or anything they they released the you know a few weeks ago they released the main titles to everyone's delight and uh and then released this uh short which is like a kind of like a condensed episode the lost session which if you're a fan of the original show every episode was officially titled like by sessions because of the whole like music blend into the uh the lore of the franchise and everything so it's like session one episode title session two episode title so this is the lost session and it's just a quick kind of like a sizzle reel of what to expect from the show and it's just delightful it's <laughs> you know you got a lot of fun bantering with the cast so you get a bit of their personalities and their acting you get the wacky style very uh lots of close-ups and, and zooms and angles very anime like um and uh yeah just fun <laughs> it looks fun that's all i can say i'm trying not to get overhyped about it and then be let down so i'm just i'm tentatively you're staying quite, quite medium excited. hype yeah medium hype yes a low simmer of hype <laughs> <laughs> but much hype yes <laughs> uh november 19th again that's coming so yeah november big month um and i think that's pretty much all i got in the world of geek um there is a now i hate to bring down the podcast but since we do you know talk about all things movies and hollywood and everything um it would be kind of crazy to ignore there was some Pretty insane shit that happened this uh, past week. Um, so Alec Baldwin has been filming in New Mexico, a, I think around Santa Fe, New Mexico, a uh, uh, upcoming Western. And in fact, I was excited to share some news because I saw just this past week, uh, Jensen Eccles had joined the, the cast. Um, so he's going to be in there too. Um, it's a old fashioned Western. Alec Baldwin's the lead. And uh, Apparently, out of nowhere, uh, news broke this past, it was only like two or three days ago, there was a grave incident on set. Apparently, there was a mishandling of a firearm. Uh, Alec Baldwin was holding the weapon. It went off. And and again, this this news broke like in waves. So there was like bits of information and, and kind of rumors and what exactly transpired. It's still under investigation. But in short, the director of photography was shot and killed. Uh, the director of the movie as well was injured, seriously injured and rushed to the hospital and they're doing fine. But the, uh, yeah, the director of photography and I apologize, I have to pull up the name again. Um, Helena Hutchins, 
Mm-hmm. Um, she's only like 42 years old, uh, was shot and killed Thursday. It actually happened. And it was a prop gun, which, and this led to a bunch of explainer articles because, uh, you know, this leads the question, like, how does this stuff happen? You know, just like Brandon Lee and the crow, you know, it's something like that all over again. Like what, how do these things happen? Like I thought blanks are safe. That's why they use them on movies. And there's a lot of, uh, explainer articles out there saying like, no, it's still very dangerous. And there are tons of safety protocols in place, the prop masters and armorers, you know, they do tons of safety checks before and after every scene, handing it off, you know, to the actor who's going to use it, saying the weapon is clear, meaning they've checked it. There's no, you know, uh, rounds in there or anything, you know, obstructing the, um, you know, the, the weapon or anything. Uh, it's good to go, good to use in the scene. Apparently, what we do know is that uh, an assistant director on this, the set of this movie, Rust, did not follow all the safety checks. And there were later articles saying that he actually, this person in question had a history of flags on his record for not, you know, skirting around safety protocols. And when Alec Baldwin was handed the weapon from him, he was told that it was clear that it was safe. There was no, you know, no dummy rounds in there. No, it wasn't loaded at all. No blanks, nothing. It was safe to use in this scene. And they were either filming or rehearsing a scene. Uh, You know, the trigger was pulled and apparently it was in the direction of the cinematographer. She was shot. They were trying to. Um, I think the story goes. They were trying to get a close-up shot of the, the the weapon firing. Okay. Yeah. So in the case of so there's a number of things that could happen in the case of Brandon Lee and I looked up and got a refresher on that. Um, the previous blank round because the only difference between a blank and a like just a standard bullet is the there's no actual propellant propelling bullet at the end of the casing so you've got the same um you've got the same gunpowder in there sometimes they fill it halfway so it's not as powerful but you've got the same gunpowder in there to create the you know explosion of hot gas and muzzle flash and everything which is also even if you don't have a bullet actual you know the bullet at the end firing out of there even if you've removed that and sometimes they pinch down the metal or they just have like a like a wax paper, a wax sealant over it or something, just which, which still shoots um, out of the gun though. So that's yeah, still there's still hot fire and gas coming out of that gun. And um so up close, it can be dangerous just you know with that without any malfunction. Um in the case of Brandon Lee, again, safe the proper safety checks were not done. And there was bits of the previous round still stuck in the gun. So when the next uh, blank round was fired at Brandon Lee in the scene, the, you know, the bullet, uh, the, uh, the casing the, of the, previous the yeah, yeah, piece of the casing became the projectile and was fired out at Brandon Lee. And that's what killed him. Um, again, there's still the share. There was some, uh, articles that were jumping the gun uh, there was even a statement from the the uh, union that was saying that oh that uh, somebody put like an actual like live round like a bullet in and like a normal bullet in the gun somehow mm-hmm. and then the sheriff's department of uh, uh wherever they were in new mexico said like no that's like you're jumping the gun that's we haven't even done our forensic investigation on that yet so the specifics are still a little bit muddy but long story short 
the uh, mishandling of the of the weapon. There was no the safety checks were not done. The assistant director in question had a history of being problematic with that. And also um, my friend Elsbeth, who um, is in the industry and has been sharing a lot of stuff in the past weeks with the the pending union strike, which again, crazy that this stuff happens at the same time um, that they're fighting for better you know, better pay and less hours because things get dangerous when people are exhausted out of their minds. You know, it could have been a completely honest mistake, but when, and apparently she was sharing um, like firsthand accounts from uh, members of the crew that were out there and saying it was a punishing shoot. They were, the producers were cutting corners left and right. They had promised the crew um, uh, hotel rooms because they were shooting pretty remote. It was like 50 miles out of town. And, uh, and when they got, they were promised, you know, a, a nearby room and then the producers reneged on it when they got to set and said like, no, no, it's too expensive. Uh, just make the drive. So after like a 14, 15 hour day, these people got to drive an hour, like 50 miles into town, get a hotel room on their own dime and sleep a wink to be back up at the crack of dawn and drive 50 miles back out and be on set. So it's like something was bound to happen here. And then on top of that, there were reports from the same crew members saying like the, the safety problem, they're well aware of the safety issues. There was another misfiring of a weapon earlier that day that didn't harm anybody, but a gun went off. Like it was, it was just sitting in somebody's hand and there was like, it went off. So something was sketchy with some of these weapons. Um, now, will Alec Baldwin be responsible for her death? Like, what's going to happen with that situation? Like, uh, so far, they said there was no charges. Uh, they were just gathering everybody's stories. Um, Alec Baldwin made a statement. He had been in touch with uh, with the the husband, yeah, with the family, and there seems to be, from what they're saying, no bad blood there. I mean, they know it's not his fault. Yeah. Um, it entirely depends, though. He could still be up for manslaughter charges on exactly. two, involuntary. For, two, for two reasons. Involuntary manslaughter for two reasons. A, he was the one holding the gun and he didn't check it himself. Mm-hmm. And B, he's the executive producer on set. He is responsible for that set in general. Uh, okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you think about an accident like this happening outside of a movie set situation. Like if you were just in your backyard with a few of your friends and a gun accidentally went off, you would be arrested and charged for manslaughter. Yeah. So why would he like this situation be any different because he's an actor? Yeah. You know? Because it, he's an actor. Yeah. Because he's an, a, a rich actor. And yeah. double standard. It's terrible. It, 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 all, it all comes down to if they can prove that he was at fault for any of it yeah. so if he is at fault for any of it then he can still be charged with manslaughter it still sucks though i mean it's like... yeah. a bad situation all around yeah and even you know i mean everything that you know it's it's horrible that this woman is dead and at the same time you gotta feel for him is like he's he had no intention of doing that and he's yeah. got to live with that for the rest of his life exactly. that he killed somebody it's, you yeah, know finger that pulled that trigger so the only tiniest, tiniest, small, like faint light in this is uh, fortunately for the uh, the the director of uh, was it cinematography or uh, photography? Uh, the cinematographer is the one who uh, was killed. The director uh, of the, the whole production was so, uh, 
is the, was injured but doing okay now. The yeah. union for uh, that she's a part of set up a GoFundMe for her family, uh, her family's expenses and all that. And within like six hours or something like that, they had already raised over a hundred grand for wow. her family. Yeah, so. so. Well, I imagine yeah. just Alec Baldwin in general, in general would he feel? It feels like he would be the kind of guy that would be like, "Let me take care of this." Just oh yeah, you you know he's guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. So yeah, it's fucking rough. Um, and there's yeah, there's so many um people in the industry talking all over online. Like this is exactly why we're fighting for our freaking rights, like to have better working conditions. Again, like. This was, I mean, granted, this particular assistant director who mishandled or did not do the safety checks, as it seems to be coming out as a story, even though he already had kind of uh, some smears on his record in that regard, a lot of people are pointing out like this could have happened to any of us. Yeah, I mean, they were on set conditions. They were on set for 14 hours or something like that before Uh this accident happened. Yeah. So. Like if they were only if if this was a normal movie set or if this was a normal job and you're you're capped out at like ten hours, eleven hours at most, then maybe this mistake doesn't happen because everybody isn't tired and done and fatigued and just wants mm-hmm. to go back to, to to their bed or their bar or whatever they're gonna do for the next four hours before they have to come back to work. Yeah. The the crew apparently, and this again goes to uh my friend Elspeth was resharing some of these um personal messages from uh some of the crew. Um apparently they were already about to stage a walkout. They were about to resign in protest that morning um because of the multiple safety complaints, the uh you know, the the obscene hours, the, you know, the issues with getting the hotels, et cetera, et cetera, like all of it, all the, I don't think they were about to, I think some of them actually did. Yeah. It seemed a bit fuzzy. There was reports that they had resigned. And then there were other reports saying that they were basically booted off because they had been complaining about the conditions so much. The producers actually brought in a non-union crew behind their backs that morning to replace them and basically said, fuck off or recall the cops. <laughs> so it's, it's fuzzy. There's some reports accounts saying that they were, it seems like they were preparing to resign or maybe some of them already were announcing that they were leaving. And then the producers already had like a backup crew shoved in there, a non-union crew to replace them at the last minute. So it's all kinds of fucked up. Um, and this uh, again, speaking concurrently about the the, uh, it, I was wondering because I hadn't heard anything lately about the status of the strike. Um, it's essentially the the union struck a deal or agreed to a new contract at the last minute, uh, about a week or, or so back, a week and a half ago. But a lot of their members are furious with them, saying that what they agreed to. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. Like they, they, they fixed a few things. They, they agreed to, they were able to get like a guaranteed 3% raise for everyone per year, which is like nothing. That's like barely keeping up with inflation. If that doesn't keep up. Yeah. It doesn't keep with inflation or cost of living increase. Not this year for sure. Um, There was a big sticking point was the fratter days, which is the, uh, uh, basically the studios forcing a they can skirt around the rules the way they've been written where they 
they can't force you to work around the clock through the week, but on a Friday, they are allowed to push you into the early morning hours of Saturday. Um, so giving them even less rest time and that's totally allowable for them to do under the current contact contracts. They did away with that. Um, and there was something else about the, uh, the turnaround time during the weeks, like a guaranteed at least 10 hours between shifts, but even so, and somebody broke it down, like a crew, uh, a member of the union broke it down online. Like all of these rules, when you add up the math, it still equates to, they can force us to work 74 hours per week. Jeez, so where's the rest? You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just, it's BS. So, um, I know my friend Elizabeth was planning on, on voting. No, it seems like a lot of members are like, no, we're not going to ratify this. And, it's possible that we may still see a massive strike. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, it's shitty that something like this had to happen to maybe get some change. Um, and even though, even then, like now it's, everything's still up in the air, who knows if they'll get like the, the actual, their demands met. Yeah. So now that brought down the entire podcast, <laughs> no, but I, I felt it would be, you know, not appropriate to just pretend like nothing wasn't going on. You know, this week is pretty terrible. So hearts go out to, uh, to the family and, you know, the entire crew and everybody that's suffering because of this. Um, well, on- I'll, I'll, I'll try to bring a positive note to the end of the podcast at least. Okay. Do uh, it. Mm-hmm. One big giant nerddom thing that's happening right now is what do we get? Critical Role, the oh, D and D major super campaign. Uh, they are releasing their new campaign, season three, essentially started this week. And I know I told you, Tony, not to bother picking up it, even though it's a, it's fucking amazing. It's just there's fucking tons of it. If you do want to pick up Critical Role, now Ooh. is the perfect time because season three, they start all new characters. There, it's a new campaign, all new characters. There's, there's a couple campaign, uh, there's a couple characters that are coming in from a side campaign that they had done, but that's fine. You don't have to know the backstory to, to any mm-hmm. of it. If you want to start watching, go back and watch the VOD of Thursday's episode one. It was fucking amazing. It was hilarious. Yeah. It was fun. They have this whole new giant geek nerd set that they built, which yeah. is amazing. Like it's they built, bad. they built themselves a fucking tavern. <laughs> <laughs> I've been knowing for a while in the back of my mind, like I'm going to have to give this a try at some point because everybody says it's great. I know I'm not the kind of guy who has the patience to sit and play D and D myself, but if other people are making it entertaining for me, sure. I'll give it a try. But is it like six hours of them yeah. sitting around playing D and D at it's, a time? It's four to six hours. There's like a 20 or 30 minute break in, in the middle of it. So it, it cuts it down a little bit, um, but they do release it in podcast form. So if you don't want to sit in front of a TV and watch, watch them play it, you can listen to it, which I mean, it's still it's still fun to listen to it. Um, uh, they, they they do the podcast forum. They do live on Twitch and YouTube, and then they have vods on YouTube uh, the following Monday after they air the show. Okay, so I will have to. Okay, 
Oh, so is this one also going to have the animated show, or am I thinking of a different so, one? No, that's the same cast. They are doing the animated show based off their first campaign. Right. So okay. the first campaign that they did years back um, is going to be an animated show, and that comes out uh, early next year, I think February or March. They released the the title it's sequence. Easier for that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So what is it? Just like a D and D group that just plays D and D, and then they record it. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't understand. Like everybody's freaking out about Critical Role, and I'm like, so, I don't quite understand what Critical Role is besides the, my company. The <laughs> reason why it's so huge is that it's it's all voice actors. All of these people are major voice actors for video games and for uh, for for cartoons and and animated shows. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Matt Mercer is a huge voice actor for Blizzard. He does he does all. Uh, he does multiple voices for Blizzard and tons of video games. They they all basically do tons and tons of video games. So if you've you've played video games, so there is a good chance you've heard at least two or three of these people okay. uh, do voice acting for video games. So they're all very good improv, and they they all mm-hmm. have very good voices, and they're all generally funny people. So, okay. So and it's them playing D and D. And it's them playing D and D. And one of them is uh, Lauren Bailey. If you've ever heard of her, she's a fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And Matt Mercer is the DM. He's okay. fucking insane. I just didn't understand if it was like you're literally just watching these people play D and D, or if it was like a scripted show that is acted. Like I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. No, they're, was, well, they're actors. It was like an actual D and D campaign in a book. That's just like, here you go, go play D and D. They're playing advanced D and D. They're literally like what you think you're going to be doing when you play D and D is what they actually do rather than okay. the everybody sitting around drinking beers, playing D and D. Just yeah. like, really entertaining people really into it in character. It's, and yes. like you said, good entertainers, good improvisers, kind of like, like if you it, like at midnight meets D and D, yeah yeah exactly but they're staying in character almost the entire time obviously they're they they break character to talk amongst themselves to do some things but they stay in character for the majority of the episode and then it's it's hilarious i'm going to send you a clip one of the funniest moments from this episode it's hilarious when they do break character because somebody will say something obviously that that throws them out of it and then just everybody fucking breaks and it's hilarious <laughs> all right i will finally give it a shot you yeah. you have sold me wasn't satine a part of it at some point um no that... she had her own show um sirens i th- uh, so so her show uh, she's she's she actually works for uh um Wizards of, the Coast? Wizards of the Coast now. Oh, okay. um, so she she's got her own like huge D&D side thing going. But mm-hmm. she was on um, back when they weren't critical. Back when they were affiliated with Geek and Sundry. Um, mm-hmm. She had her own show on Geek and Sundry. Oh, OK. Cool. So it was Satine and it was um, uh, Vivid Vidka uh, and then yeah. a couple of their ladies. Yeah. Well, yeah, Felicia was... Uh... I mean, Geek and Sundry was her yeah. company. Yeah, Felicia didn't actually do any of the shows. I think she was on for like a couple of one shots, but like she guests. was never on. Yeah, guests, but she was never on any of the uh, the D and D shows. Very cool. Right. I'll have to get on that. Give it a shot at least. Yeah, it's definitely. It, uh, I think it's definitely worth picking up now. Um, 
if you if you don't want to go back if you don't want to go back and and rewatch all the 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 old stuff that's available on YouTube now is the perfect time to pick it up because they've started a new campaign. Okay, cool. Um, I actually have one more little story. Um, kind of more Hollywood drama, but this one is kind of more amusing. I think, um, not tragic, thankfully. Um. Over in the CW verse. Oof. So yeah, this is going to sound like a really harsh, serious story at first, but then it gets very wonky. <laughs> um, so Ruby Rose. Mm. Oh, what? Yeah. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're talking about this now, are we? <laughs> Meg's laughing because I told her I filled her in earlier. So of course she was famously cast as Bat. This story makes me so like happy in a really sad way. <laughs> uh so she was of course you know cast as kate kane batwoman for batwoman season one everybody was like yay go you know lgbt representation and on and on and you know a lot of people just think ruby rose is hot and whatever so you know good for her being batwoman cool we're excited to watch it or i was at least because i've watched all my cw shows was. um and it was fine um <laughs> when and, and let's and put then, this in perspective when tony says it's it's fine. <laughs> it's fucking garbage because Tony will like anything. Was not the best. <laughs> I love uh, the. I hated it. I couldn't even get through the first episode. I love the, the sister uh, character, um, uh, Alice, who's like basically like her Joker, and she's actually her long lost sister who was like lost in a tragic accident and, you know, grew up going insane and blah blah blah. she had a bad life so now she comes back as the big bad villain or whatever and now she's kind of like a anti-hero kind of like a she's like a loki basically she's always like kind of backstabbing them but also helping them whatever like the bat team or whatever anyway pandemic uh, season one hits uh then the pandemic happened and season two is delayed and then in the midst of uh of the break for the pandemic um it was announced that Ruby Rose was leaving the show. I'm like, what? Oh my God. Like she's the face of the show. How do they, you know, what are they going to do here? And then season two hits, uh, she's replaced by, uh, Jacivia Leslie, um, and, you know, helps them push the story into kind of cool new territory because she's a black woman. They get to tell more stories from that perspective. She's taking on the mantle of Batwoman in place of Ruby Rose's Kate Kane, so I, I, I thought like the show is going to be dead like after this, but it actually took off and it's better, a little, a little bit better than fine now. <laughs> it's just garbage. It's not fucking garbage. <laughs> it's popcorny fun now. Before I was like really gritting my teeth through it. Now it's popcorny fun. Um, so yeah. Uh, but uh, so it was kind of weird the way ruby rose left you know a year year and a half ago or whatever it was like they just kind of said oh they came to a mutual agreement you know her and the producers of the show like it just didn't feel like a right fit it was the schedule was a lot more grueling than she expected and on and on she also had a back surgery she i guess she hurt herself early on uh during the show during the i think it was might have been filming the pilot doing stunts and stuff and she had to have a back surgery and when she came back, apparently she came back too soon 
Um, and I remembered her talking about this in previous like press interviews and stuff and kind of like, kind of like in a jokey way, like, yeah, it was, uh, my hubris. Like, uh, it was, you know, I came back thinking I could tough it out and, and then she had to sit out and have a stunt double for a lot of the stuff. Um, yeah, no, you don't fuck with back injuries. That's yeah. Just... So anyway, it seemed like they, long story short, they kind of parted amicably, like it was kind of sad, but then they, but then they agreed like, oh, the show can carry on in this cool new way without me and, you know, go our separate ways amicably. Well, <laughs> uh, like two days ago. Not uh, so Ruby, much with the amicable now. So <laughs> Ruby Rose gets on online and uh, basically it seems like she was making her, making this her Me Too moment. Um, she basically said she needed to speak her truth about what really went on behind the scenes the horrible experience she had on the show that she was treated terribly by the producers that she was threatened, uh, you know, her job was threatened and she was forced to come back before she was properly healed from that surgery. Um, and on and on and on and on. And, oh yeah, this, uh, uh, Doug Ray Scott, who played her father on the show, Jacob Kane. Oh yeah. He's a tyrant and an abuser of women and blah, 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 on and on and on, like just spilling all this tea. All in an alleged in in a fucking illegible font too. Why why'd you choose that fucking font <laughs> to release your damn manifesto? Yeah, and just saying like how yeah, just very like I was victimized and I you know now if you'll see now my as I'm you know continuing my career and having other movies and projects lined up, I'm only working very with you know people I trust and on and on and on. It was like it seemed like a heartfelt like oh shit man like I had no idea this sucks and. Within hours, of course, you expect the studio response. Naturally, they're saying, no, this is all lies on and on. You know, this is completely false, et cetera, et cetera. However, they, they went further than that and said, no, no, no. She was actually the center of multiple allegations of, of um, bad behavior and uh, unprofessionalism on the set, and uh, which is why they let her go. Um, and you expect the studio to have their own side of the story, but it seemed a bit much like, wow, they went even that far. It's like, no, 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 you're the asshole. <laughs> um, Doug Ray Scott, of course, defended himself. Like these are absolute lies, you know, on and on and on, et cetera, et cetera. And he backed what the studio was saying about her. Then one of the PAs, one of the production assistants who has now moved on away from the show and, uh, and I was telling Meg, this was one of the voices that I would kind of trust the most because this guy was, um, uh, I apologize, I'll have to look up the name again, but he was, he was a lowly production assistant on the crew. It was his first job in Hollywood. He, he released this long like statement to uh, comicbook, uh, uh, cbr.com, comicbookresources.com, uh, a rebuttal, essentially. Um, uh, Alex Baxter who worked on the, the first season of the show. And uh, he's gone on to uh, um, create his own film company and production company. And so he's, he has no ties to the show anymore or the producers. He has no reason to cover, you know, the show or anything like that, or the actors, or whatever. And he wrote a scathing rebuttal to uh, Ruby Rose's al uh, allegations and, uh, and back the studio and said, she was, a monster <laughs> on the show effectively she was a tyrant she was 
horribly unprofessional. She never showed up on time. She never knew her lines. She, you know, forcing the, you know, the crew who was already working their ass off on these crazy long days, forced them even to longer hours to make up for her, you know, losing time, uh, production time. Um, she was terrible to the entire crew, you know, unless you were a lead actor or the director, basically you were, been, you were garbage under her boot. <laughs> like it just went on and on and on. And not only that, but it also tracks with rumors that had come out from the John Wick two, uh, the John Wick two production as well. So that she was that way on the set and she was that way on the set. Wow. That's yeah. why that's why her character doesn't talk that much because they cut a lot of her lines. Wow. So overall, she's just kind of a cunt, and <laughs> all of these people are backing up that theory. Yeah. yeah. And then one of the uh, one of the leads, uh, another lead actor is uh, uh, Camus Johnson, who plays uh, Luke Fox, Lucius Fox's uh, son, who's now he's in charge of all the gadgets for Batwoman and everything. Um, uh, he also went out on Twitter and said like, Hey, you know, to all his uh, fans, like, Hey, bat fam, like, you know, I couldn't stay silent about this, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, he basically, he didn't really like dig into her, but he basically said like, yeah, everything that everybody's saying is true. Like it's, and he basically put it in the words of like, she was the lead of the show. And when you're a lead, like you are the face of the show, it takes a lot for you to get fired. And trust me, guys, she got fired. She did not walk away. <laughs> so just think about everything you would have to do to get fired <laughs> from your show. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and again, keeping a level head when we see all these damning you know, headlines and back and forth, blah, blah, blah. Very little internet trains us to be very black and white about these things. Um, there's, de- there's there's definitely going to be truth to some of the things that she said yeah but... i mean maybe maybe even she you know was pressured by the studio you know by the production to uh to get back to set as quick as she could maybe too early for her comfort uh you know to to avoid production delays and costs or whatever um but even if you're having a bad experience with execs or something you don't take that out on the crew like that mm-hmm. there seems to be enough damning stories from everybody else in the room that it's you know regardless if you had some issues and we're having not a great time it's still not a good look <laughs> uh so yeah this is getting off topic podcast ruby rose's crash you <laughs> <laughs> first folks uh you heard it here first uh yeah Anyway, Some, somebody somewhere has got a Google alert and we're going to finally come up on somebody's radar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not afraid of her. She's like what Danny DeButo sized. It <laughs> 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 uh, came back full circle. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, guys, anything else we got? Nope. That's all I got. That's nope. Nothing for me. All right. And I am done with my sarsaparilla here. So time to get going uh thank you for joining guys this is tony this is todd this is andrew and meg yay play all the video games yes and uh send me your switch friend codes so uh we can hey i already added andrew so i'm still yeah. waiting for him to accept my friend invite Whoa. when i get around to it okay hold your horse <laughs> tick tock tick tock you're like 
I have to wait so many hours as to not seem desperate. Exactly. <laughs> it's the three-day rule. You know that, right? <laughs> no, she can see you. You kept her on read. She can see that you see her. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Later, guys. Good night.